You are listening to Words of Jen, where I read to you one piece of my writing in each and every episode. This is Jen, and you are listening to Words of Jen, episode number 72. This one is titled Observations. Once again, I'm reading a piece of a handwritten journal that I was required to write back in 1997 as part of my student teaching experience. So I'm going to pick up where I left off, and I'll add in memories that come back as I read this, just for context. August 27, 1997. Wednesday. What got accomplished today? 1. More observation and introduction. 2. I got the papermaking lesson and the computer lesson approved by Mr. D. 3. I learned all about the grading scale. All three schools use the same one. Kindergarten is graded pass-fail. First through third is 1, 2, 3, and fourth through six is ESU. This is at least the art scale. The school secretary at C is working on getting this in an official school document for me to put in my black binder for student teaching. 4. I was asked by the school librarian to volunteer to read a book to the students. She said I had a nice voice and asked if I liked to read to kids. I said I would love to do that. Mr. D, the librarian, and I will work on exactly when I can do this some Thursday or maybe I could do this more than once. Now to cut in there, um, previous to my student teaching experiences, I worked a lot of years of daycare with little kids. The oldest group I worked with was kindergartners who would be in the daycare for like half a day and then go to kindergarten depending on if they were morning or afternoon kindergarten way back in you know the 90s. So I was well equipped to read stories to children. I knew what I was doing. I was able to use different voices even back then for the different characters in the books, and they seemed to enjoy it. And then later when I uh, became a substitute teacher, I was able to do the same thing. And the youngest kids, like the first graders, really liked the voice differentiation. I think it helped them understand which character was speaking. But that's kind of, you know, it was interesting that I got asked by the school librarian who didn't know anything about my background, really to read to a group of students, so that was kind of fun. I'll pick up with the journal now. 5. I got a copy of the two lessons Mr. D will be doing while I am doing my two weeks of observation to keep in my binder. 6. We made a copy of the Spanish words and phrases I made last night along with the lesson plans for Mr. D, and I taught him how to pronounce some of the words he wasn't sure of. 7. It became clear exactly how many lesson plans for each group I would need to teach and create. 8. We read one book each from the library relating to art and reviewed them. Soon, we will switch books and review the other one. At this school, new books come into the library from where I know not, and it takes one review from two different faculty members to keep the book. I count as a faculty member, so we are going to review the art books and get the good ones kept for C school. I'll break in here with a little bit more. Um, This was the first time I had to teach a teacher some Spanish who didn't know any Spanish. This was typically white teachers that didn't know much Spanish, although years later when I was a substitute teacher there were some white teachers that were fluent in Spanish. 
and I was teaching in Spanish and English, depending. So this was the first time it occurred to me, oh, wait, you don't know these words. And I had to write them down and explain, you know, how to use them and how to say them, things like that. That was the first time for me for that. The interesting, the other interesting thing for me with this section of things that got accomplished today was the idea that a school would say, okay, well, we have a bunch of books. We need two faculty members to review each book and give it a good review in order to keep it just in case. And I like that they did that. In part, it enabled the school to have people they trust look at the children's books, because these were elementary schools, and determine, okay, this one's not so good, or this one's got some iffy things in here, or this one's phenomenal, let's keep that. And the way they went about it was you not only had to read it, but you had to write a book review, basically. And it's something the teachers assign to students, usually around third grade or fourth grade, where they read a book and then they have to write a book review of some kind following whatever rubric the teacher had created. And it was kind of neat to be able to help out with that because, as I've said in previous episodes, Mr. D was teaching at three schools. He was the only art teacher for those three schools. So I imagine it must have been extremely difficult for him to find another faculty member that would feel comfortable reading an art book to the point where they could make recommendations about it so I got to help which was really neat and a lot of kids got a lot of art books as we went through quite a few before I ended up being finished with student teaching for these three schools. Okay there's more back to the journal. Reflection. After having some experience teaching, observing, and participating at these three schools this art teacher goes to, I am happily surprised. Not only does this work, but it works very well, due in large part to the hard work and tremendous effort on the part of Mr. D. It also works well due to the immense cooperation, participation, and flexibility of the other teachers and volunteer members to make this program work. It really is wonderful to see such involvement in the art program by the community. The other thing that I was a bit surprised by was the realization that I could see myself teaching in a similar situation without a classroom exclusively for art and at a number of schools, and enjoying it very much. I used to think I could not be happy teaching art unless I had my own classroom, and that is not the case. I also used to think that a classroom exclusively for art was necessary, and I'm finding that it is very possible to have a great art program in the elementary level with no classroom. I also know that I should never let a person in charge of deciding on if I should get a room or not know this, or so I'm told. It was interesting. I always thought I need to have a classroom up until the point where I was starting this student teaching experience, and it turns out you don't necessarily need that. And this observation helped in the future after I started working for boys and girls clubs because we didn't have a classroom either. All the art I did for them was in generally the cafeteria or the gym, which would in some cases serve dual purpose. It was the gym and then later it was the cafeteria for lunch. And then after that, it was the gym again. And then after that, it was the boys and girls club. And there were, there were no classrooms for me to do art in for the most part. So I think one school had a classroom for a little while that we could use, that a teacher let us use so that we could do a lot of like art history and art stuff there. Nothing messy. And that was it. And I was able to do it. And the kids were really excited because they didn't really have much of an art program. And their teachers didn't necessarily want to do any art with them. So the concept of you don't need a classroom, you could still teach art was 
very significant to me at the time, and it carried over into the future of what I'd be doing with teaching. I'm kind of amused that I was told, hey, you know, if you get a teaching position, don't tell them you're comfortable just working anywhere because they won't give you a classroom then. <laughs> and the concept at the time was it's better to have a classroom, but I learned that it's not absolutely necessary depending on the schools. And it turned out that the schools that did not have a designated art teacher and did not have a designated art classroom for the kids to come into were the schools with less money. So if you want the schools with less money and the students in them to learn some art and experience it, you need to be a little more flexible about where you can teach. That's one of the things that came from this. And I'll pick up with this in my next episode with another journal uh, thing that I had to write as part of my student teaching. I don't think I would have decided to sit down and do all of this if it wasn't required because as the student teaching went on, it got much more difficult and time-consuming and exhausting.